Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Right? I don't even know. Are we live? We're live. It's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Hello. No. Hi. Yes. Oh, wait. We're not supposed to say hello yet. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Stay mute. We don't say hey. anything. Man, my, I'm, uh, I'm trying to strain my voice with this uh, whole post-surgery healing. It's very weird. Nice shave, by the way. Feels very weird. <laughs> I'm like taking clippers. I, I did try to shave once. Um, with a, a razor, but I don't have feeling on the left side, my, like under my chin and my neck where they cut into me. So I don't know how much pressure I'm really applying. <laughs> it's like shaving someone else. It's very, very weird. Um, they go have a barber do it. They know. It, it, can they do? I don't think they can actually shave. Can they? Can you still go to like get a hot shave? I've never done it. Yeah, I don't think uh, you can. Just, I asked just, just one pull, person. Just have once. your gun on the ready. You have to find the one with the pole with the red and blue. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Some crusty old dude. Yeah, I'll do it for you. You need a crew cut with that? Yes, I do. I need yeah. a crew cut. <laughs> Reverse crew cut. Uh, yeah, it's very weird. So then I, I just basically trim my beard hair down with uh, clippers now. <laughs> Which is in itself weird because, again, I can't feel... I don't know. It's very. At least you're not going to hurt yourself with those. And you just look kind of, you know, dated. You know, Miami Vice is kind of 19 (laughs) something or other. I'm a cop. Right. I'm an undercover cop. No. No one's going to make that mistake. No. Why (laughs) not? Why? (laughs) Gotta ask. I don't know. It's real weird. But anyway, uh, welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. Uh, We are the show that tells you what's wrong with your beer, really. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, But also what's right with your beer. Uh, we are an interactive BJCP score sheet, along with my two hosts, Brian and Lee. I'm Brian. I'm Lee. And uh, they are BJCP master-ranked judges. That's right, master-ranked. There's none higher. Some might, some might people, some might say grandmaster, and then there's ranks above that. But really, once you're master, it's like, you know, it's it. It's it. You don't need to do anything else. You're you are you are the end all be all for 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 judges. Right, I'm right. I mean, I'm right. Right. I you mean, got your, you got your ninety. You know, you're... you got your ninety. You can ride your laurels for the rest of your life. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, all these people want to be grandmaster. Like that's too much. There's, there's just such a thing as too much. Well, right? it does difference. I mean, to be grandmaster, you actually have to do some work. Uh, you have but, to like see grade score sheets and do stuff like that. Grade you know, exams, service yeah. to the to the organization. That's what that's all about. No one wants to do that. That's the hard stuff. Right. Right. Being a doctor, homebrew is easy stuff. Yeah. Because generally People the beers are going to be beer. better, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to grade tests and not get tenure for it or, I don't know, it's get the it's desirable. Grading exams is a challenging thing, especially, yeah. Anyway, we could go into a long we're conversation about that. that. We're, not, we're not here to do that at all. I just graded one, though, where the, the proctors were like really far off from one, one another, and it made it really challenging to, to give the examinees a fair grade on this one beer that was, they were like, 20 something points off and oh, no. the comments were so varied and it's like well <laughs> you have to kind of go with what the description of the beer is and kind of do your best to to do it justice but you just flip anyway, the coin flip the coin <laughs> it was good uh no it was crappy 
Well, before we go any further in the show, I do want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Fivestarchemicals.com. There you can learn all about how to properly clean your home brewing equipment and also, of course, the best cleaning supplies in the world to do it, which are PBW, Five Star, uh, five, uh, Star Sand, excuse me, uh, Sani Clean is another one. I think IO Stars. They have a lot of them. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. Go to your local homebrew shop, and if you don't see P- at least PBW and Star Sand, at least. That's like uh, you know not seeing hot bags or, or not having a place to mill your own grain. Uh, these are the key. These are the things that should probably key you in that homebrew shop doesn't know what like they're doing. Not like going in malt, yeah. going to a Seven Eleven and not seeing Gatorade. <laughs> yes, yes, it's exactly like that. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's the weirdest analogy I've ever heard. But Is I'm going to use it. Does that make a good cleaner? Seven. Yeah, I think. 11. Probably like Coke. It's probably pretty low pH. Gatorade. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, check them out. FiveStarChemicals.com. They're over on Facebook as well. So uh, if if you're over there, pop by their page, like them. They do some contests every now and then. And um, thank them for sponsoring the show because without them, we definitely wouldn't be here. So thank you very much. And, of course, we also wouldn't be here without our two homebrew uh, our, our two home brewers, our two homebrew guests. Today we have Pete and Scott. Pete has sent in a Belgian Dark Strong Ale, and we're going to speak with Pete right after the break. And then uh, after that, we're going to speak with Scott. He has an English Mild Brown Ale. And he's in studio, and I really like in studio guests because we can just keep them waiting and waiting and waiting. They where, suffer. Yeah, they're not at home. They can't do anything that they want to do, and they have to use a public restroom. So these are just mm. it's what you have to do that in JP order to get by. Cleans himself personally <laughs> twice a year. Yes, I will ensure that uh, that toilet is the cleanest that it's been. Never. And the last time was what September? <clears throat> I think it was June. Really? Okay. I mean, unless you count spraying it down with water. I don't use five-star chemicals on it. Right. I just don't know. whip up a bucket of per-carb and hose down the room with it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we'll be on the phone with Peter, and we're going to talk uh, about his Belgian Dark Strong and taste that. And uh, it's in our glasses already. It looks great. So um, I'm going to have a beer, and I suggest you should, too. See you at the end of the jump. Hang on a second. Know the three most important rules in brewing sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, sanic clean lubricants and defoamers ph stabilizers and more five star chemicals has cleaning supplies safety supplies heat exchangers pumps hoses and valves and five star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations if you have a cleaning problem you need the five star solution visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019 800-782-7019 and get the five star treatment today hey woolly i'm beat can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while you're beat i've been swinging through this forest for 50 years ever since we ever since we first escaped from the circus i know i know but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose hairy girls mark we stop look 
What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Come along now. It's time for your medication. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Dr. Homebrew. Try to get Peter on the line, but it looks like we're having some Skype issues, of course. Why wouldn't we? Um, Skype is just a lovely piece of software. <laughs> um, it's free. But I think Peter's listening, so he'll try to call in. And in the meantime, we will get started on his beer. Lee, why don't you start us off, buddy? All right, this is uh, the Belgian Dark Strong Ale. Um. So this beer I got for the aroma, grainy, toasty malt, strong spice phenol character, and low alcohol notes, red berries, cherries, some graham crackers, some notes of rum, no hops, no DMS, no diacetyl. Uh, it was all pretty to style, although the grainy malt character I thought was a little out of place, and the phenols were quite strong. Um, the appearance was brilliant, red light brown color. Poured a large off-white fine foam, that very noisily, very crackling sound to it, faded to a light color. Um, it was all pretty to style. The, the The head faded a little quickly, but that will happen in some of these because they have a high alcohol content often, and that'll just kill the head. Uh, the flavor was cola and some caramely, caramely malts, medium-high esters, berries, and red cherries again. Medium-high phenol spiciness, like baking spices. I'm kind of interested here if you might have added something like that to this beer because it tasted very like nutmeg and clove and things like that to me more than the usual white pepper kind of phenols you get in these beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was quite strong. I thought that was actually a little bit overbearing in the balance to me. Um, no hot flavor, really. The hot IBUs, just enough to support. It came out still a little bit sweet. Uh, low alcohol flavor. Balance is definitely to the malt over the phenols and the alcohol. I think we have um, Peter. Peter, are you on the phone? Peter? Yeah, I'm here. All oh, right. hey, man. Sorry. <laughs> I hate it. Sorry about that. I don't know uh, what's going on here, but uh, it's good to have no you problem. with us. Thanks for thanks for staying up, man. You're on the East Coast. What are you doing? This, yeah. <laughs> staying up late is what he's doing. This would have been a lot That's... more boring if we just had to keep rambling on ourselves. Now we get someone <laughs> cool to talk to. I figure, when am I going to be on the show again? I might as well just stay up and do it, right? Right. Yeah. Why not? Uh Let's let Lee finish with uh, with his rundown, and then we'll we'll jump into you and get uh, your brewing history a little bit and background and thoughts on this beer. Okay, cool. All right, man. All right, picking up where I left off. Uh, the finish was kind of sweet, 
some lingering rum and cherry and spices, having the spices again. Uh, it's pretty much within the style parameters. It's a bit in the sweeter side, but that's okay. Some of these are like that. Uh, I thought the phenols, again, were kind of kind of a little bit too high for me. Body was medium, leave some stickiness behind. Uh, carbonation seemed a little bit low. It was kind of medium-low, kind of low for the style. Uh, medium alcohol warmth. It wasn't astringent, a little bit drying, I thought, from the alcohol and the spices, uh, or the phenols, low creaminess. Overall, um, this beer, to me, was kind of a mix of good and bad. It was a complex presentation of flavors, which is very much in the spirit of this style. It possessed some nice character from the ferment and the esters, and maybe from some sugar additions that's picking up a little bit of a rum flavor in here. Um, but some of the flavors, especially the phenols, I thought were a little bit out of bounds for the style. They seem kind of strong, um, and also they seem, uh, as I said, much more of the dark baking spice flavors uh, as opposed to the usual white pepper, which I guess could be fine, um, which gives a very phenol-forward flavor uh, flavor balance, for, especially the flavor, uh, somewhat for the aroma. And it's kind of drying on the palate. Um, otherwise, I thought it was a little bit sweet, but that's probably okay. But it was more sugary rather than malty-rich. Um, some of the examples of this, that at least I like better, are. Um, so if the fe- for me, the phenols are the main issue. So there's two ways to approach that. If it's just yeast phenols, uh, pitch perhaps some more yeast or some healthier yeast. Uh, if it's uh, baking spices you added in there, I would reduce your additions on those. Um, this will improve the balance. I think it make for a more pleasing inner presentation that lets all the other nice flavors and aroma in there shine through. In the end, I gave this beer a 30. I thought it had some nice things about it, but um, had a couple things that needed to be fixed. Um, and I guess before Brian, you're yeah. Gonna... Let's uh, let's let's get uh, talking to Pete here. Pete, let's how long have you been homebrewing, man? Uh, let's see. My wife got me, you know, extract kit about eight years ago. Um, and just did it off and on for, for a while, and then I got into all grain about three years ago. Excellent. How was that transition for you? Did you, did you uh, build your equipment, or did you buy a system? Or uh, Well, you know, I live in Brooklyn, so I don't have a whole lot of space for a, a real system. So it's a little bit hodgepodge, but, you know, I've got the Gatorade cooler. I've got a, a 10-gallon kettle uh, that I can fit over two burners on the stove. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of, you know, piecing it together, one new, one new thing each year, basically building up. Uh, this year I got the big kegerator, so uh, that's been a nice addition. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. <laughs> add, a, add a big piece every year. You know, you don't need to, to, to go right out of the gate with like a $10,000 setup. Yeah, I figure I should try to learn how to use each piece uh, at least pretty well before I move on to something, you know, something new. Well, you picked a good one to learn the kegerator. I mean, that's pretty easy. The kegerator is good. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, so what do you want to get out of this beer here? Are you looking for any specific sort of feedback or just some general stuff? Uh, yeah, you know, I, mostly general stuff. I feel like Belgian Dark Strong, um, you could go, you know, a fairly broad, uh, fairly broad category. You could go different ways with it. And, um, uh, sorry, Pete. We're, uh, we're dropping you here, man. I don't know what it is. It was gone. I just went Peter, off the static, huh? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. Okay. okay. I think it's our We're internet back. connection. Lately, we've had a kind of a, a lower internet connection, and uh, I think it just kind of wigged out for a second. So sorry about that. Okay. That's cool. Should I go again? Yeah. Uh, you can just keep, pick up where you left off. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, I guess just uh, recipe suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this was, uh, I don't know if you saw the recipe, but it was pretty complicated. Um, a lot of different malts and, you know, kind of loosely based off of the Brewing Classic styles and then kind of, you know, tweaked it here and there. Um, so just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. Okay, perfect. Great. Brian. Um, hey. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, thanks. This beer is, um, it did have that. We poured it, it had this like kind of soda pop like sound with, with, with the bubbles popping. And uh, the score sheet doesn't have any room for you to use all five senses, really, but almost. I mean, <laughs> we, I did note it on the sheet here. So we're, we're using everything, we can everything we can. It's, <laughs> yeah. it did have a, a pretty intense sound when you put it up to your ear. It's like, uh, yeah, soda pop. Uh, you know, fairly fairly rich malt notes uh, in the aroma. It it came out a little cold, but it warmed up, and um, some of that richness with the raisininess in there came through. Some some light toasts, a hint of pruniness in there, uh, esters. Um, I didn't the 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 phenolics to me in the aroma were were pretty well in check. Just a you know a low kind of peppery thing. I didn't really get a big clove like or or deep baking spice thing in there myself, but. Um, it did have a you know low alcohol note, but smooth as it should be in this beer, and no DMS or diacetyl, no no hops. Uh, this this beer doesn't really it's not a hop monster by any stretch of the imagination. Seems pretty clean, um, and you know fairly light presentation overall for a Belgian dark strong in the aroma. But it was probably because it was a little cold. I get a little more as it warms up, but it might also be a a carbonation thing. Sometimes. If you carbonate a beer a little less, it, it will drive off fewer of the aromas that you're looking for. So anyway, uh, kind of a coppery brown color in there with a fairly good clarity. Um, had a tan head that started medium and just dropped, just disintegrated like that. So uh, like Lee said, but there was mostly finer bubbles in there and, and it just had that thing where the head just, boom, dissip- dissipates. Um, I knocked it down a point for that. Oh, well. Raisiny and kind of a treacle-like sweetness in the flavor, with underlying fruity cherry-like esters, and you know, pretty pretty pleasant alcohol, very very firm alcohol in the flavor, and uh, a bit less soft in the flavor as it than it was in the aroma. But uh, you know, the bitterness was low and in check as it should be. Seems cleanly cleanly fermented. Um, does leave a bit of sweetness in there behind in the finish. And it could be a perception I'm getting from the fruitiness in there that, that, that does have a lot of esters, but it you know it could also be some some residual gravity. I'm not sure. Um, you know, sometimes like the the Trappist versions will will have a little more sweetness on the end there, and that's fine for some of these. It has everything I was looking for in the beer, uh, pretty much in the flavor. So that was cool. Uh, you know, kind of a full medium full body. Full slash medium full. How <laughs> I could just say medium full or full. But no, I have to go in between. Um, well, why wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> define it to the T. Split the hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the carbonation was only medium, and it seemed like it was a little light for the style, but not medium light. No, just yeah. straight up medium. Uh, and it did just kind of blow off there. I wonder if if there's something in the beer, like it could be some oils or something in the BN glasses that are just making all the carbonation just drive straight out. It of might the beer. be. It might be. I think it just you know ran through the dishwasher so there might be some residual i blame the bn glassware but it did happen to all of ours and so anyway um sorry 
Uh, it was slightly creamy and smooth, and uh, there was no astringency to be found. Um, very obvious alcohol warmth in there. Not really too hot, though, in, in the mouthfeel. Just pleasant, but yeah, it was just a little lacking in the carbonation in there. So, uh, But yeah, to me, it was a, a very pleasant Belgian Dark Strong. had a lot going for it. Maybe you know, increasing the carbonation a little bit would help it, um, and it would dry off some more of those flavors that are already in there. Um, if yeah, I didn't get as many of the offensive phenols that Lee did, but um, I can detect them more in the flavor than in the uh, aroma. So if you did carbonate it even more, that might push that out of balance a little bit too. So I don't know um, if you clean those up and and carbonate it a little bit more. And, and uh, yeah, um, nice beer. Maybe maybe um, just a little bit sweet of an impression if you could the, figure that out too. I don't know if it was uh, dry it out a little bit. Well, it might not be drying it out. It might just be all those the fruity esters that that you know maybe it had slightly too high of a fermentation time early on in fermentation or something that could be giving that impression of sweetness from all the esters in there. There's a lot of cherry like and. And they're pleasant to me, and raisiny, and all this good stuff. They are very pleasant. Um, I gave it a 37. I really liked this beer. So um, we had a little bit of a point spread on this, but it's 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 allowed. We're we're okay. But <laughs> nice beer, Pete. Thank you. We're okay, Pete. Cool. What did Thank you? you. Uh, what was your fermentation temp? Uh, you know, that's that's probably the biggest um, thing I'm missing from my system. So you know, I can cool it down uh, with my wart chiller. I got it down to about 65 to start. Um, May, or maybe it was, you know, maybe a little bit higher than that, like 67. But um, after that, it's pretty much just a free rise. So if that, and, and it was going pretty strong. So I don't know what it got up to, but it was definitely, it was definitely cranking away for the first couple of days. Yeah. Okay. This is one that you can let free rise to, but you generally might want to start a little bit lower than that. Uh, okay. And get, you know, the, it'll keep those esters and phenols in check a little better. But mm-hmm. yeah, the flavors are all right. What kind of yeast did you use? I use the uh, the Y yeast Belgian Ardennes. Okay, thirty five twenty two. Yeah, pleasant. I mean, I did I did a big starter, uh, like four point two liters. I used uh, oxygen in the starter for just a touch, and then uh, I did about two forty second blasts um, in the actual uh, brew itself mm-hmm. before pitching. Um, yeah, I don't, so you think the sweetness might have been from fermentation temperature? Because it it, uh, it fermented out to about uh, ten eleven, and which from is, where did it start? It started uh, at ten eighty four. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's going to leave a little residual sweetness in there, but mm-hmm. I think that's within the range that's acceptable for finishing. Um, some can go a little lower, but you know, just depends on the interpretation you're using. So, and what the yeast does. Well, yeah. and, uh, and how you mashed it and how much sugar you added. Right. To, what sort of a mash temperature do you use on this? So I did uh, 152. Okay. And how and much was some sort of caramel or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. There, there was a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what I have in there. Um, yeah, there was some Caramunic, um, a little bit over a pound of Caramunic 3. Uh, there was some Special B, about three-quarters of a pound. Um those are the the caramel malts that were in there. That explains uh, the raisininess and the toastiness and yeah, the rich yeah. toast. And, and how much crust. how much sugar did you add? Um, so I I waited till the, the primary fermentation and oh, hang on, a sec, Peter. Oh, Sorry, hang about on. That. There goes our internet connection again. 
Let JP we'll work just, some uh, magic here. I'll let you know. Basically, I'm just turning it down and seeing Get if those it goes gerbils away. to like you know spin that wheel a little faster, maybe back there. So I uh, I there waited until the primary there ferment uh, slowed down. Okay. And then I I added a pound of the the amber the 90 Labobant, uh Belgian candy sugar. Right, and this is a 10 gallon batch, right? No, it was a five gallon. Oh, batch. five. Okay. Oh, that's a pretty good. Well, dose. it was more like a six gallon batch. It was the liquid Wait, su- uh, liquid sugar or the or rock. It was stuff. the yeah. li- liquid sugar. The good stuff. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, I mean the the caramel malts. I mean, it should add a little body to it. it shouldn't leave it too sweet, really. Um, the sugar will actually dry it out. So if it's come across a little bit sweet in the finish, most likely, I mean, the most likely usual source for that is it might not the yeast might not quite have finished it all out. Uh, so it might okay. be a, a slight ferment. <laughs> ferment uh failure at the end um usually i mean for beer like this i would i would leave it sit for a while after it appears done and maybe another week or so at a fairly warm temperature maybe rouse it once in a while to get the yeast stirred up um okay. sometimes that'll drop at another point or two you, you can, can also do that sweetness um, extended kind of sugar feedings and you know save a little bit of your sugar aside and do the initial dose and then just give it a little as it finishes out, give it a little more sugar to keep it happy at, uh, for a little longer, and play with your yeasts like that. Uh, but I think you're in the range. I mean, you got it down from ten eighty four to ten eleven. You're 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 in the range of yeah. And it's a big, rich beer. I mean, you could always drop your mash temperature a few points too to try and bring that that mm-hmm. side of it down. Um, if, the the richness and body isn't so much the problem. It's just sort of the sweet appearance of the finish. It's a little bit too sweet. Yeah, the, yeah. The richness yeah, is okay. Too. Yeah, so so generally that's what I would do is make, mm-hmm. make sure your yeast is really finishing out. Okay. Okay, and then as far as you were uh, mentioning the phenols? Yeah, they they were kind of weird to me, and Brian, they weren't weird to Brian, so I mean, maybe it's a personal thing, but <laughs> if you wanted to bring those under control, again, probably dropping your ferment temperature down a bit is the best thing to do for that. Uh, okay. That, that should, I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll bring your esters down some, too. I think they're... <laughs> generally kind of in lockstep from my understanding of it um at least in terms of how they respond to ferment conditions um but that's probably the way i would do if i wanted to bring that down a little bit so besides okay, the cool. the uh the caramunic and uh the special b that you had in there what other malts were in that <laughs> there were a whole bunch uh, i mean it was it was mostly uh belgian pilsner uh-huh. 68% there was some white wheat malt there was uh munich Aromatic, melanoidin, and a touch of pale chocolate. Yeah. So just conceptually, you know, sometimes, you you know, as a brewer, you're like, oh, let's throw in a little bit of this and a little bit of that and take somebody's recipe and, and <laughs> tweak it out and, and have some mm-hmm. fun with it. Sometimes it's fun to, uh, or conceptually, it may be better to sometimes use a simpler recipe and uh, put across a few elements rather than having too many different things fighting with each other. But because mm-hmm. um, it's a very, it's meant to be a complex beer, and I think it's it's mm-hmm. plenty complex enough um, as it is. But you can figure out what flavors you like in there. Is the raisiny too much? Do you need to drop back the special B a little bit? I would say maybe try that. Um, I like the 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 caramunic element that's in there. I would keep that. But I mean, maybe maybe some of the other, you know, decide which malts you want to keep and which ones mm-hmm. maybe you don't need in there and 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 see what it happens with it that way yeah cool. No. cool yeah that was actually one of my questions i knew it was uh kind of ridiculous to have nine 
nine different things going on in there. I knew that was a lot. So I figured I, I would ask you guys maybe what I should drop out of there. Yeah. You're using, you know, authentic ingredients and you're using, you found the Belgian Pilsner malt and, you know, having the right base malt for a beer like this is vitally, important. vitally important. You know, mm-hmm. you can't brew it with just typical American pale malt. It's not going to taste mm-hmm. at all like this. So it was obvious to us that you used good ingredients. And, and yeah, I think for Lee, it was just a balanced thing to him. And, okay. but to me, it was a pretty good beer. I really liked it. Yeah, for me, it's mostly okay, the cool. phenols. I like the complexity of this beer, actually. Um, if you wanted to get rid of some of those malts, I would pick which ones you like and keep them and drop some of the ones which aren't needed. Um, mm-hmm. And that should get you to where you want. That's probably the best thing to do. I mean, there's a, a wide latitude in terms of the flavors and that you can have in one of these beers. So any of those malts are probably fine. You might just not want to use all of them at once. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sound good? And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's great. I was gonna. What was I? I was just about to ask one last thing, um, and I ruined it. I derailed your train. That, you totally ruined it. Um, <laughs> no, what was I going to ask? I had one more question. JP's going to put that's another right. notch in his microphone here. That's right. Oh, oh, oh the carbonation. Um, yeah. yeah. So I usually, I you know, I got four kegs on my kegerator, which is pretty awesome. But it does mean that they're all at the same at carbonation, one consistent level. Yeah. Yeah, so I th- I kind of knew that was going to be a flaw going in, but do you think if I if I cranked it up for this one that that would make a significant difference kind of scoring-wise? Yeah, yeah, this beer definitely could use some more carbonation. These beers, I mean, they come in those big, heavy-duty cork bottles for a reason. I mean, yeah. they can be yeah, yeah. three, three and a half. For the darks, they're probably not going to go higher than that. Some of the pale ones will go higher. Yeah, a lot of CO2. I mean, you may have to, you know, pull the other kegs off and let them sit for a while and push this guy up to get it, get it in the bo- to the right level to bottle it properly like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, or just when you're, yeah, hard to do. When you're not pouring the beer, you know, if you're not going to be drinking a lot of it, just, just pump up the CO2 on that particular keg and just leave the CO2 pulled off of it and just let it sit. And be very careful pouring it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right. All right. Excellent. All right, Peter. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for staying up, too. Good luck in class. Thank you much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, sure. bud. Take Catch it some good Zs. <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Take care. Good beer. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I can't thanks, uh, thank Peter enough. I mean, he's like, I'm a teacher, and I live on the East oh. Coast. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. Sorry. He's like, yeah, forget it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do He's going to be so, bleary-eyed for his class of sixth grade math students tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We didn't ask which class he taught, but yeah. So, yeah, I mean, living in Brooklyn or wherever you may be living, you you may have more room for all-grain equipment than you think. It doesn't, you know, I mean, mm. I started out in a, brewing in an apartment, and about six months later, I went all-grain and, and just made room for the equipment I needed. and. You know, took over a little closet that on the patio that wasn't being used for much else. And yeah, just get rid of that bathtub. You don't really you need it. You don't need it. <laughs> yeah, but you can economize on space and use very simple equipment to do all grain. And, you know, a couple of coolers is really all you need. Yeah. And a place to stash them, you know. Yeah. yeah. Build some shelving in somewhere and put it up there, put it up high where it's out of, out of your way. Just do it. All right, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to get to our in studio guest, Scott. We're going to drink his mild ale which i think he left i'm excited for and um yeah we'll talk some more beer it's back after this everybody dr homebrew hey jack what you doing playing warcraft no way it's tbg time buddy tbg get with it i'm playing that brewery game what brewery game no that's the name of the site that brewery what yeah check it out man 
If you've ever brewed beer in your dreams or wish you could mash in right from your desk at work, you can. Kind of. With That Brewery Game. You can brew up a great batch of beer from anywhere virtually. Then you can sell it because in that brewery game, it's legal to sell your beer to the public, create recipes, brew virtually, upgrade your equipment, upload labels, and test market your brand at thatbrewerygame.com. You still slinging pissed off birds into buildings from your phone? Forget that. Try making beer. Sweet. Register right now for your free account at thatbrewerygame.com. Brew. Drink. Play. ThatBreweryGame.com That's it! I've had it! I am never putting hops in my beer again! What? Why? It's just too ridiculous! Insane prices, stupid contract, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Now, back to the examination. All right, everybody, welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. Our next guest hails from near Fresyes, very, very far away. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show, Scott. Do I not have you up here? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, what beer did you bring for us, man? Uh, it's my first, or my second attempt at an English mild. Mm-hmm. I think my first attempt was more to style, so I need you guys to tell me if you think this is a mild, or if you think it's some other style, or if you can find any flaws or off flavors, I just really want some honest feedback. That's all I really want. Okay. How long have you been homebrewing? Two years this month. Two years this month. Yeah. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Look at that. Lee's already going for it. Let me have Pour it. that beer. Need that glass? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, you can use this one right there. I haven't had this in like a month, so... Yeah? I wouldn't mind trying some again. Foam cam. Sponsored by Les Schwab, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the camera. Uh, that's the thing about using old uh, uh, recycled Fest glasses. Mm-hmm. Everyone's uh, marketing's everywhere. Uh, so this is a, what? You said an English mild, right? That's what I was aiming for. Yeah. All right. Brian, did he hit what he was aiming it's for? An 11A, 11A category. English mild. This is um, a style that it's hard to find um, 
lot of commercial examples for and or any <laughs> so um yeah the 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 aroma opened up with kind of a rich roasty malt aroma up front almost porter like and it 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 seemed cleanly brewed a little bit of toastiness under there and some grainy malt in there too on uh, a very low kind of earthy hop aroma in the background Esters kind of medium generally fruity and in check didn't have any uh, diacetyl, any DMS, nothing to complain about there. It's kind of a medium to medium light brown and seems, well, it's hard to tell. It, it seemed uh, to have a little bit of haze in it. Um, it's hard with these darker, be- slightly darker beers. Sometimes it's hard to see, but yeah, I can't really see through it too well. And the, the, I, the, the bottle we had when we judged it was was pretty clear, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a little. I had good clarity. This this sediment. time it's looking pretty pretty. I'm seeing a little bit of sediment chunky, in yeah. here though too from the yeah. And I think we got the bottoms mixed up a bit yeah. here this time. Anyway, I blame. You. Um, had a pretty thick tan head, uh, very fine bubbles, and creamy looking head that just stuck around quite well. But that's actually kind of unusual for the style because it's such a low alcohol beer and lo- and should be fairly low carbonated. So it's. Uh, it's okay, I you know I didn't knock it down a, a whole lot for appearance though. It was just a little murky and a little. The head kind of was unusual to have it have it stick around like that. But oh well. Um, the flavor has has a medium high roasty malt flavor and a bit of raisiny quality below that. Um, I should drink some of this. I think you should. The malt, yeah, the malt is is kind of a one trick pony. A little bit, you know, the roastiness is coming through on the top, but there's not not a whole lot of, you know, these these milds can have a lot of different flavors in them. A little, you know, a little coffee, a little treacle, a little, you know, I do get caramel. A little coffee a little, there's a little tiny bit of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, hop bitterness is pretty low and unassuming. Yeah, it does have a light little little coffee like note in there. Um, but yeah, hop flavor is very low, and and floral hop, hop flavor is pretty much in check. It's it's meant to be a multi beer. Mm-hmm. Seems cleanly fermented. Um, the alcohol seems low enough. It seems like a pre- this is a low gravity session beer. That's what it's supposed to be. Um, but pretty rich malt character nonetheless in there, and you know some of them come across a little softer. The, the rich malt kind of lingers into the aftertaste, and you get a little bit of that roast uh, in there still and the coffee but um yeah the body body wise it has kind of a medium light body with moderate carbonation which is maybe a little high for the style uh didn't find any warmth uh, didn't uh well there was a little bit of astringency in, in there from the probably from the roast malt it wasn't creamy at all it was actually a little bit biting and it should feel a little bit smoother i think um but overall this was a pretty clean beer just a little for my taste, a little too roasty. Although there are there is a wide range of interpretation for miles, and, and some can lean towards the roasty side. But I think it should be a soft roast and not, not like a porter like roast or stout like roast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it should also, be a lot yeah, softer. A bit yeah. too highly carbonated for the style, and you could uh, you know smooth it out a little bit and make it a little less biting in the mouthfeel. If it if it's an all grain beer, you you can watch your watch your sparging. Which, with a, a low gravity beer like this, is a challenge because um, you know proper sparging involves staying 
uh, below 168 degrees Fahrenheit, which is easy to do, but also keeping, if you're doing all grain, keeping your last runnings above like 1008. And if you're starting at, you know, your first runnings are 1040 something, and it's, you know, it's, you're out, you're, you know, your beer's going to end up in the 10, low 1030s or, or below that even. It's, it's, you know, getting down to 1008 comes up pretty fast. So you'd have to be pretty careful to, not let those go too low or and and or to you know acidify your sparge water to kind of keep the ph where it needs to be down down in the lower ranges you know the fives and you know not getting up above uh above uh six or so because if anyway, you, anyway. so you're saying if you're getting around the, the 1008 or lower on your runoff then you can you're with a high, tannins you're pulling right stringent stuff with a higher ph you're going to leach out some of the the husk material on the the okay the tannic yeah the the astringency from the malts uh from the basically from the husks of the malts and pull some of that stuff that material out more easily when it's down down in the lower gravity it's pulling anything out that it still can you know right. and with with a little yeah with okay. it not being acidic enough it just that's what happens but so it it in the style it, it does allow a little bit of astringency and it's it's not entirely offensive it just that's something you could do to make it smooth it out just a little bit more and make it more pleasant Nice beer. I give it a, a, a twenty nine. It's it's a very, uh, it's a good beer. It's it's drinkable, but it, it kind of missed the mark a little bit in a few points. So it was docked here and there for some of the some of the stylistic points. But yeah. Okay. Good. Lee, what do you think? Is Brian just blowing smoke? No. Oh, no. Okay. It's just pretty pretty much the same thing. I thought. Um, <clears throat> and in fact, what I thought was close stuff, I'm going to dispense with just reading down the whole score sheet. Um, he's pretty much the same comments I had. Um, I thought the uh, the color, the flavor profile was sort of the low medium end of the profile. I didn't have a. I got a little bit of that roast. I didn't think that was a problem. Um, I definitely did pick up uh, some good English yeast character, a little bit of sort of a red berry sort of uh, flavor to it, and the esters, uh, some toasty kind of flavor, probably from some of the malt. But the yeast will do that a little bit too, perhaps. Um, it really had that nicely. The The malt profile was very good for this kind of beer. Uh, again, on the lighter style, you know, it's sort of like a junior cousin of a Newcastle Brown sort of thing. Um, I thought that worked very nicely with a little bit of raisin and treacle and some roast, uh, some cocoa hints thrown in there. Um, the thing I got about that I didn't like was what Brian was saying with the uh, sort of astringency. It came across as a tea-like character to me, sort of like an oversteeped uh, black tea bag. Um is that kind of a flavor? So I would um, very much echo his comments on sparging and not over-extracting tannins. Mm-hmm. You know, keep your pH below 6, your temperature 168, 170 or lower, gravi- final gravity, cut it off at 10.08. I mean, if, if that's hard to do, maybe add a little extra grain in there so you don't have to ex- go all the way down to get your uh, get your numbers on your kettle. Um, the fermentation seemed pretty clean. Um, the other thing I would say about this, though, for the style, was it's kind of overcarbonated. You know, the British styles tend to be uh, what Americans usually would think of flat, especially if it's a draft version. So there'd probably be low to low medium carbonation on our scale. And this is actually a pretty sprightly beer. Um, so I don't know if it was maybe bottled a little too earlier with too much priming sugar or whatever. Um, either of those would do it, uh, but the carbonation definitely needs to come down on this beer substantially. Uh, but other than that, I actually thought it was a very nice example of the style. I, I ended up giving a 29 for those two flaws. But if you fix those, I'd probably go up uh, several points on this at least. It could be actually quite a good beer, I think. 
Yeah, it would come so I quickly. think you're very close to having something very nice. Just watch that sparge and get the carbonation right. And maybe clear it up a little bit, too. It's pretty yeah. murky, and there's a lot of sediment at the bottom of the glass, so there's there's a lot of things going on in the bottle. The first bottle actually had a little bit of sludge on the side of the neck in there, though, like some uh, some brown substance in there. I don't know. Did you storm? Like a, it, it was a rough ride up here. From yeah. <laughs> hey, no, no worries. Stop and go traffic. Yeah. Do, do you, uh, do you, were they bottle conditioned? They were bottle conditioned. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the Bay Area freeways here aren't the smoothest oh, in the world. That so. last stretch was awful. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it was overcarbonated too. Um, and um, I, I don't know. I, I think I might have mashed a little high on this one too. I, mean, I don't know. What did you mash at? At one fifty one. The first, my first attempt, I mashed at one forty eight. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be lower body. Yeah, this one one fifty one. I I don't know, but I know it was overcarbonated. Maybe a little too much priming sugar. Yeah, I'm, I'm not picking up anything in here that would make me say you mash too high. Mm-hmm. And I mean, from at least the numbers and the style for such a low-body beer, low-gravity beer, and they do tend to be malty, little, I mean, not necessarily sweet, but 151 is probably pretty good for yeah. this okay. beer. Um, if you take away all the all the sweetness and the dextrins, you're going to just, it, yeah, dry it out to nothing, and then you'll just be left with the roast, and it'll just dry off in the finish, and that'll be all you have, so... Leaving a little sweetness didn't hurt this beer. Yeah, I, I think that part was fine. But uh, the the astringency and the it's it's not it's not nasty, horrible no. like like make you wince astringency, but mm. it just tastes like somebody mixed some tea in there with it, and it's not mm. really supposed to be there. It's not that nice. It's not horrible. Yeah. Uh, but you definitely want to get rid of that. Easily and that's kind of hard in a little beer like this too. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's low gravity. It's like the the you know cousin of Pilsner, right? Where you know the flaws are going to show through, even though it's a lower you know. It, Darker beer, Dark, yeah. the low gravity. Even though you're running the show, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure. You're, you are doing all grain, right? What kind of set? What kind of setup do you have? What, oh yeah, it's all grain. Your... Um, I got igloo cooler yeah. converted into a mash tun. Yep. I got two of them now, so I can do like a larger batch too. Cool. I just do them side by side now. You can make but, yeah. fifty gallons a mile. That's all you need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love. It's one of my favorite styles, man. I love it. Yeah, I love English. Even models. though you can't find them. Yeah, I, I yeah. basically aside from those those two issues, I actually thought this is a very nice beer. Uh-huh. Yeah, it has a lot of good a, a lot of good flavor. I, the only one that I've really found is uh, from Eagle Rock, and they're not. It's the not black a, mild. It's yes, it's not yeah. an English mild, but it's what well, you can call it an American mild, I guess, or something like that. Uh, I love that beer. Solidarity. Find it. Look for it. It's the best. Yeah. God, I love it. Or yeah. go to England. Or go to England and, and, <laughs> and look hard because they're hard to find even there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, most pubs don't have that stuff. What are the IPAs taking over England now too? No, they'll just have you know three or four taps of whatever their their you know Tidehouse Breweries line is, and then yeah. they'll have Bud and Guinness and a cider and a lager, <laughs> and finding things like on tap like Milds and e- even Porters. Sometimes it, it's hmm. really more difficult than you would think. A hmm. lot of the pubs there, you know, they've 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 suffered a lot of homogenization. Yeah. Homogenization. Yeah. You'd almost have better luck finding that stuff in some of the the better liquor stores, grocery stores. Hmm. Um, you know, in, unless you're somewhere where you're probably, hopefully if you're close to the brewery, somewhere where they really specialize in a brewery, you might start getting some of that stuff. But a lot, and there are some specialty places, you know, sort of like uh, our multi-taps, so we'll have that sort of stuff too sometimes. But I, I didn't run into a lot of miles running around London for a couple weeks a couple years ago. Huh. Yeah, the, the guidelines say it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty rare even in england you know you can find them around birmingham i guess but yeah it's the thing it's also kind of a regional thing and that ain't london and london's where i was so yeah yeah that's too bad yeah so what'd you put in this 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 recipe okay so at the very end at the last minute 
on the boil, I put two fluid ounces of molasses. Ah, interesting. So that, that's probably where the raisiny thing is coming yeah. from. Because I, I was reading the, the style guidelines, and I noticed one of the descriptors was molasses. Mm-hmm. Like, just, a, just a hint, you know. Not, not yep. a bunch, just a little Yeah, bit. and the British are big on putting various interesting sugar sources in their beer, too. <laughs> right. Molasses, I, treacle, all this stuff. And I use White Labs British ale yeast mm-hmm. on this yeah. one. Yeah, the yeast character was good. Yeah, yeah that really worked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I handle that astringency in the carbonation. I think this mm. would be killer. It would be really good. I used a little, um, I think one you or two. You won't get ounces. rid of JP. Well. <laughs> That's what right. I was aiming for. I, yeah. I sent him an email a long time ago saying, "Hey, I got a mild for you." He'll come <laughs> to visit Fresno, show. and five years later, yeah, yeah, got any more yeah. mild? <laughs> I'll, I'll get it right sooner or later. Though. And he did tell us to beat up his beer, you know, before the show. So we we just Good. scored it way down. That's know? what I wanted. Yeah. Usually, when the the the, got, the the brewers is in studio with us, we'll, we'll you know. No, Bump it up to oh, that's a forty point beer. Even though it's <laughs> no, we, don't. we just not, feel guilty. Yeah, I'm not looking for ego boost. I, I yeah, I want to be a better honest brewer. feedback. Well, well, should we drop this another ten points? Sure, Would that help. Nineteen is fine. <laughs> From now on, we'll just uh, we'll just put no, the, the in studio guests into the into the call screener booth. That way, it'll some sort of shield in case they get real mad. As long as there's a lock on the door, <laughs> he's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, well, Scott, do you think you have enough information to take no, another crack I, at this? Uh, yeah, I really appreciate this. Awesome. And, and, you know, um, I might try my first attempt at the style, which was a lot different. It, it didn't have the, I don't think it had the astringency, but it didn't have quite the body either. You have some more of that left? No, it's oh, gone. okay, yeah. Uh, that's when I, when I first emailed JP, that's what I had. So I think I'm going to yeah. make it again, and I'll, I'll just send you guys some. Well, it's not, it's not a beer you want to let sit around too long anyway. Right. It's not yeah. going to hold up. For sure. Know, such yeah. a light beer. Just I don't drink let- it. Fresh. I don't want beer to sit around. If I have something I want to age, I'll give it to somebody Good else. Man, yeah. Let it sit here. Hold on to this for a year. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we'll do a, a recap, and then we'll get out of here, guys. Uh, stay tuned. It's Dr. Homebrew. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members and some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. 
One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about home brewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome back. Got a couple good beers today. Oh, yeah. That. That's a good part about the show. We know we haven't really gotten a dog, you know what I mean? Yeah, technically a lot of these are really good. Sometimes it's just stylistic things, like with that mild, but uh, at the, the and, you know, the Belgian Dark strongly and I disagreed on a little bit, but... Uh, yeah. I, it, you know, if you really need a dog, I can bring mine in. No, I don't no. need a dog at all. <laughs> <laughs> that thing as far away from you as possible. All right, let's uh, let's do a little recap here. So we had Peter on with the the Skype. Um, it, he had the Belgian Dark Strong, and the main points were up his carbonation a little bit. That is a beer uh, that if the carbonation is lower, a lot of that sweetness comes through, and it's a little like mm-hmm. sticky on your lips, and you know you do need that carbonation yeah, to kind of carry it through. That. Yeah, so uh, he should up that a little bit and watch his fermentation temperatures. Uh, you know, ma- down make bit. sure you're down. Yeah, and simplify the recipe. I think we we focused a little bit uh, on that as well. He yeah. had a lot of a lot of grain additions in there. The kitchen sink beer is is not always better. Uh, although sometimes you can make a kitchen sink beer that's just like wow, that's really interesting. You know, it's just like use all the grains that you have left around, like, lurking in your your grain bin, and and yeah. throw it all together. And sometimes you get something really cool. Sometimes you get something really horrible though. <laughs> Right, and, and you know his beer was was good. I wouldn't definitely not calling it horrible, but uh, yeah. but you know sometimes you you can uh, you can it can be a detriment. I hate to use the word you muddled, know? but you, you, your beer yeah. can get muddled. I, it can, or at least it'll clean it up a little bit if you take one malt away. You know, yeah, you get you get a couple flavors yeah, conflicting. Or, or emphasize one or a secondary there malt in addition to your base malt. I mean, yeah. that beer I thought actually had some very nice complexity to it. Uh, but a lot of it probably was also ferment character, not just the different mm-hmm. malts that were in there. So yeah, yeah but that, that that carbonation thing is just an excuse to buy another gadget so you can split up your your pressures and, and run. <laughs> Which it, it sounds like that's what he's doing. That's explaining anyway, pressures right? next year. Yeah. He'll buy that. He'll buy that. It's right. secondary we, regulator, man. We, we just enabled him. Another, yes, it's time for another toy. Yes, Honey, I need to buy a toy for sure. Yes, they told me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to make good beer, don't you? Uh, you don't want me to embarrass you, do you? <laughs> yeah. On, on on podcast radio beer radio network land, uh, and then of course we have Scott here in the studio uh, with his black uh, or not black his uh, English dark mild. See now I want some uh, Eagle Rock beers, dude. Now I'm thirsty. Um, his basically we just said lower the carbonation a little bit, watch your sparge uh, sparge temp, and work on the clarity a little bit. But the clarity was uh, you know due to his uh, you I know twelve hour car ride or something like yeah, that. Yeah. The other bottle is actually pretty good. Okay. All right. More than the sparge temp, though, watching the the gravity of the final runnings coming off, and and mm-hmm. Lee's suggestion to throw a little more malt in as it's going along could could be a very good one there. Okay, good one. I didn't catch that one. Nice work. Yeah, he did say that. I did. Rewind the tape. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
Lee, you're uh, you're slipping. You don't even remember the the gems that are coming out. No comment. <laughs> what? 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 Well, I don't understand. What What's Brian going said, on? Huh? All right, everybody. Thanks again for oh. sending beers, Peter. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for coming in, bringing your beers. Uh, Five Star will be giving you guys a nice little thank you pack as well. In addition to my verbal thank you, uh, Brian Lee. You guys are handsome as ever. Appreciate it. Oh. Right back That's at a you, man. Non-statement. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Love the T-shirt this time too. Thank you. Uh, yes, everybody, please go check fivestarchemicals.com, fivestarchemicals.com, and uh, you know while you're at it, visit all of our sponsors. You know, more beer, two and a. Uh, if you're in Martinez, come out to Creek Monkey for a brew. Uh, Nico Brew, that brewery game. Don't forget about all of our lovely sponsors. Find them various social media places. Thank them for being a part of Doctor Homebrew and a part of the Brewing Network. Uh, you know, it'll make him feel good, and it'll make us feel good, and more importantly, it'll make you feel good. Until next time, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Take care. <laughs>